All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Boca Podcast. I am your host, Nathan Holritz. It's been a few days. I actually had the opportunity to get away to Yosemite for a few days with a group of guys. Really, really good to be away with friends, to be out in nature, take a little break from work. But we're back at it, hardcore, and uh, back at it with a really exciting interview today. I'm going to introduce my guest here in just a few minutes. But first of all, for anybody listening in or watching live, please don't hesitate to ask questions today, to comment, to engage with myself and our guests, make this a group conversation. It's one of the benefits of doing this live stream. I want you to take advantage of that. And then for those of you that are listening to the audio version of this after the fact, come join us for the live stream sometime. YouTube.com slash Boca Podcast. Subscribe there. Facebook.com slash Boca Podcast. We also broadcast to our Facebook page. And again, you can come hang out, ask questions, and engage with our guests. Take advantage of that opportunity to make it a conversation. And then one last note. Oh, and uh, we're actually already joined by a good friend of mine. Sean is here with me. Sean, hey, thanks for joining in. Sean was actually part of that group, that trip to Yosemite. And um, he's also happens to be the CEO and owner over at KISS Wedding Books, or KISS Books, KISS Albums. KISS.us is their URL. So shout out to Sean there. Thanks for saying, hey, Sean. Really quickly, um, to those of you listening in, something I've promised to do before every episode, um, I made a, a small donation to Charity Water. Pop up the receipt there on the screen. And I just do this as a way to encourage everybody listening in to look for opportunities to give back. We had Sean Lee on the podcast a number of months ago, and he really pushed me in this regard. It was encouraging, inspiring. And so I've made some changes in my life with my giving. And I just encourage everybody listening in, watching to look for those opportunities as well. All right. Enough of the monologue for today's episode. I want to bring in our guest for today and make sure I've got the audio turned on. Here we go. Twyla is here with me. Twyla Jones. Thank you, Twyla, for coming to hang out with me. This is going to be fun. Hey, <laughs> it's so good to see you again. Yeah, you as well. And uh, I, I was telling you this before we got started, but um, I'm super impressed by the fancy lighting setup in the background. I'm going to have to get some colored lights. Like I, I was pretty stoked with my setup until I saw yours. I'm like, oh, I got I to gotta up the game here, up the ante. You know, what changed it for me was watching the that the latest Bo Burnham special. I was like, oh, yeah, that's what I want every day to be like, like all the rooms in my house. So I set up little, um, I don't know, there are lights everywhere all over the place. So I have all these little cool vignettes all over the house. So are you doing it with, are you using ring lights or do you have like those individual bulbs? All that you kinds can... of stuff. I have everything, you okay. know. <laughs> Especially like anything cheap, because if I get into something, I'll kind of, you know, get something that could get me by or whatever to mm -hmm. start with. Or I need things that are super portable or that are battery powered. So I just ended up putting everything on a light stand. So now it's all grabbable all the time, too, because I feel like I was forgetting about a lot of the cool stuff that I had when it was in a closet. Yeah. Um, so now I just use it and it's really inspiring to just um, be more creative, you know, in my day-to-day -day life too. All right. Well, I'm, I'm next episode. I'm going to experiment with this, bring the ring light and maybe do some like purple and or red in the background, do something crazy. Yes. That'd be kind of fun. Yes. All right. Yeah. Well, I want to jump right into the questions because we have so much to talk about today. And for anybody listening in or watching, if you go to emotionalstorytelling.com, this is Twyla's website, and I'm popping that up on the screen there. And then you can also see um, her Instagram, something rad. And Twyla, I want to get back to your website. The first question I normally ask our guests has to do with brand position. And I, I, I love that you've actually built your brand position into the URL. I mean, the 
the name says it already, emotionalstorytelling.com. Let me jump over and actually bring your website up here and see if I can share this and get there we go it popped up so emotion emotional excuse me emotionalstorytelling.com resources for emotive photographers talk a little bit about your brand position what makes your brand unique in the industry well for me just the struggles that i've gone through as a creative and somebody that i mean started off with not a career in creativity. Um, I just know how important knowledge is. Uh, Knowledge truly is power. So it's really important to me to empower creatives with education, tools, resources, and most importantly, community, so that they can really successfully pursue a creative business that they love. So what was the, you said you don't naturally come from like a creative background. What, give us like the short version of your background. Cause I'm kind of curious actually to tie that into the conversation. How did you end up in this place where emotion and helping photographers express that emotion, share that emotion through their work became important to you? Um, okay. So I have a degree in human biology and was working at a pathology lab and then had a couple of kids. And I think a lot of moms sort of get into photography at that point. So that was true for me too. Um, and then I just, it was just so fulfilling and why I got a camera was because I took pictures of like bugs and flowers a lot also. And was always really frustrated that I couldn't get And I didn't know what they were, but those macro shots, you know, I was, I just, the lack of control. So I needed something better. Um, And, and it just, you know, it was just so fulfilling and it's just so awesome when you imagine something that you could create or just feel something so powerfully that it, um, I don't know, just inspires you to want to do something else. And then to actually be able to do it is such an amazing feeling. And so that's, I want to share that with other people because it sucks to feel like you can't. Hmm. Hey, that's actually a great, great point. And, and what you're talking about, what you're describing, which really excites me as a business owner is this idea that you are focused on helping others lives be better. I mean, I think at the end of the day, hopefully in some form or fashion, all photographers are doing just that, right? They're providing beautiful images. And you're a photographer and a talented one. In fact, I'm going to pull up your Instagram account here because I can't help but share this. It is just like (laughs) stunning, stunning work. Again, for anybody listening in or watching something rad on Instagram, we'll link to it in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. But your work is just gorgeous. It is vibrant. I love the variety of it. There's not, it's not like this cookie cutter Instagram feed. But it's, just, it's starting to get weird. I'm starting to get a little weird, but that's good. <laughs> not at all. No, this is not weird to me. I think I'd love the variety of it. And it shows your your talent as a photographer because there is such a wide range of lighting styles, of subject matter, of, of finishes. I mean, it's just, it's really, truly beautiful. And I was never, I shot weddings for, what was it, over 10 years. I was just never that talented as a creative, like as a photographer. I was, I guess, more on the business side of things in, in many ways. And it's just, it's gorgeous. So major props to you for that. Thank you. (laughs) And Aaron, actually, who's listening in on Facebook, Aaron says, oh my, awesome work. And absolutely agreed, Aaron. And uh, make sure that you go follow Twyla if you haven't already. And uh, well, that's a fun way to start out. But Twyla, I want to keep going with the conversation. Talk to me a little bit about customer experience. And this is a question that um, I also ask almost all my guests. And it seems a bit cliche, but the reality is that 
especially in 2021, in fact, I think customer experience is really at the root of a successful business. It trumps the way that technology is changing, how easy it is to get into photography now. What's the big idea driving your customer experience? Um, Absolutely communication, uh, making sure that you set and control the expectations that your clients have of you so that you're able to meet them. But then... You're able to meet them, but then go above and beyond to surprise and delight. And that is just, um, you know, an idea I'm I'm even more into right now, really trying to think of ways to infuse surprise and delight in the customer experience, even like through my educational courses mm. and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I'm really focused on right now. But I mean, it's just awesome. I, I, I love doing that for people. And I think you nailed it. I mean, I know this is maybe somewhat subjective, but it's something literally, I just, I was meeting with um, our two operations managers today for the various brands that I'm involved in. And which talking about the significance of customer experience as it relates, especially to our editing company. And, you know, again, in, in a world where technology is continuing to change and things can be automated, if, if somebody can engage with another human being and feel taken care of by another human being, feel seen by another human being, it's, it changes the conversation about a brand. And I love that not only are you doing that by managing expectations proactively, but then, again, upping the ante in their experience. Can you give one or two examples of how you're doing that? Um, okay, so I really like to customize sort of these stories that I'm telling. And I've been doing this recently, so it's a lot of newer work that I haven't even published yet. <laughs> but um, I, I am bored. You won't tell I promise. I'm bored with telling the same story over and over where mm. I, you know, I'm styling families, but still it's all coming from my client closet. It's the, it's still kind of all the same thing and the same, like we love each other and we're happy, but I really want to get further into, um, you know, I don't know, just kind of like how they feel, like how they would represent themselves if they could do it mm. like with any character or yeah. any idea that exists, you know? Okay. So I actually just finished um, a client meeting where we were talking about this and um, it's going to be something like Poseidon-esque, but he also wants Jason Momoa, but doing it in like the least cheesy way possible and making it feel very cinematic and like a movie. And so that's inspiring to me um, I and I get a Momoa lot out is- of it. I think Jason Momoa is inspiring to everybody. <laughs> I want to. I want to be <laughs> <Right>? Jason Momoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but the, and, and I mean they own a gym and they do um, mm. like her eight year old daughter is getting ready to get her black belt. So wow. I mean it's going to be like these really amazing like um, you know warrior images of her daughter and showing off her strength and stuff and, instead of cute pictures of her. Which are sure. amazing. Yeah. You know, you love beautiful photos or whatever, but I just wanted to get a step further. And then that really kind of customizes their experience. But it also bonds us because I feel like it's a collaboration, mm. you know, because I have to know things about them and what they, you know, how they would want themselves portrayed. Um, so, yeah, I'm focusing on that and it's a lot of fun. I love it. And I love the kind of almost dichotomy of you have to proactively manage clients' expectations for just a baseline positive experience. But then, you almost kind of flip the script and like manage or use the word surprise actually, but break the expectations in the best way possible. Like they're, they're expecting as baseline experience and you up the ante and bring in like a, go up another two or three levels and then surprise them with something wonderful on top of that. Um, I think that's br- brilliant. And again, in this day and age, it's going to go such a long way where people feel like just another number in the mix 
you're giving them an experience that feels individual to them and you're paying attention to them. It, it just goes, it goes so far and it makes all the difference in the world. It's the, it's the attention. I think that is most important and customizing an experience, like tailoring it, you know, just to them. And the thing is, I don't feel like it, it, I end up spending any extra time on the session than I was before, because now I'm really kind of thinking through the shots a lot more if I want to put this together and have it feel almost like um, like a little movie or story of their family. And I'm yeah. going to have different scenes and different emotions that I can portray through the images opposed to, um, you know, how I've done it in the past. So that's good. Know. You're not it's just fun. like sticking with yeah. what's comfortable. Never. <laughs> good for you. No, seriously, I, I love that. And that's it's a good encouragement for me and certainly for our listeners and viewers as well. I want to keep going, though. Next question for you. Time management. Also another topic we hit here regularly on the podcast, because really, ultimately, at the end of the day, this is this is one of the primary focuses, actually, of this content that we create here. We want to help photographers create sustainable businesses. Sustainable businesses isn't just about the profit side. That's important. It's not just about the art of photography. Also extremely important. But it's also about being able to have a life as business owners. So I'm curious if there is an idea that drives the way that you manage time, especially having kids. How are you balancing work and having a bit of a life on top of it? Uh, yeah, it's really difficult. I feel like it's just like an eternal struggle, really. But the most important thing is just to know what you want. Like, take the time to intentionally design mm. your day. Mm. Think about your perfect day that is all the things that you would want to do in that perfect day, but also all the things that you have to do. And I tell my kids that all the time, like, what would your day look like tomorrow? Like, you still have to do school, and I'm going to make you, you know, unload the dishwasher. So think about, like, boring stuff like that. What's the best way you could unload the dishwasher? Like, could we play a playlist, or do you want to wear, like, a mask, or, you know, whatever. Like, this is your life, like, every single minute of it. So you might as well try to figure out... The things you have to do anyway, do them, <laughs> but try to enjoy it as much as possible. So, and then when, once you have something like that written out, mm -hmm. if that list of things that you have to do is, um, you know, overwhelming in the days so, so that there's no time or room for um, the things that you really want to do, then that's when you can start um thinking about outsourcing we're asking for help in lots of different ways mm -hmm. um, so that you get to trade it for a thing that you want to do. I want to go back to something you said, because I think it's really poignant and that is be clear about what you want. And it, it sounds a bit simplistic, but I think this is really important because I've engaged. But it's with, hard. And, well, I was going to say I've engaged with a lot of photographers. I'm sure you have as well, especially as you teach a lot of photographers that just aren't super clear or sure or confident for one reason or another uh -huh. about what it is that they actually want. I mean, there's so many different yeah. options, first of all, right? So like if we, I can go this mm -hmm. direction, I can go that direction, this target client, this genre of photography, use this camera body, go to this workshop, so many choices. What is something like just off the top of your head, if somebody kind of responded to you with, I'm not sure how to figure out what it is that I want, what would you say to them? Um, well, you also just have to pick because in that case, we're just going to sit here and think of like the best possible idea forever. Mm. And I mean, I struggle with that too, you know, even just like posting to social media, you know, well, if I keep going, maybe I'll find a better picture than this, but no, yeah. just stop and post it right now. Like think about what you love to do 
and do that right now. Just choose a thing and you can change your mind. Mm. Like if it sucks, change your mind, you know, but pick something, just pick anything, you know, imagine it's like all these blanks on a piece of paper that you have to fill out and just start filling it out with like the best answer for right now, you know? I love it. I, you know, and I especially love this coming from you, Twilight, because I know like you're super emotive, expressive, artistic individual. And yet you also have this, like this other side of you, which is you understand the practicality of life. And at some point you've got to make a choice. And I think it's wonderful for our listenership because I think a lot of photographers, myself included, by the way, super emotional guy, like it's, it's at times tough. Those emotions play in and it's hard to make a choice. And you're right. At the end of the day, we just have to make a choice. And the cool thing is we're lucky enough, most of us anyway, to be in a situation where we can make a choice and then we can adjust course later on if need be. It's as simple as that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But action is the most important thing. You can research something to death or wait for inspiration forever, you know. Um, But if you never do anything, like nobody's even going to know all of those ideas in your head. If you never say it out loud, nobody's going to know that, you know, about you or about your art or whatever it is. So you have to just start doing. I love it. Talk to me about, you you mentioned actually outsourcing or delegation earlier. Is this something you've experimented with in your business and in any realm of your business? Yeah, I, I mean, I try to get rid of everything I have to do, <laughs> but I am, I'm also um, a perfectionist, mm. so it's really hard for me mm. to do that. Um, but I have, um, what I did a year ago, almost a year ago, is I hired a boss for myself because I need somebody to be accountable to, but that also knows my business pretty intimately so that if I need to shut down for a month... <laughs> I can't, you know what I mean? Um, and they can, and they can just make sure that things like operations are running or whatever, and just help me pick up the slack, uh, collaborate with me, um, listen to my ideas. And you met Jessica. Jessica was with me when I met you. Jessica Um, was just brilliant. I I, like, you're super lucky to have her on board. That's really, really cool. She's so perfect for me because she just, because what I want, what's most important to me is that the person I'm working with, um, loves what they're doing. I don't want to like <laughs> work with somebody that's always looking for another opportunity or I mean, whatever, but, um, you know, she's with me and she likes what she's doing and enjoys yeah. like, you know, having ideas with me. And sometimes I just need somebody to listen, you know? So I, I know for a lot of photographers, even just the idea of delegating anything, it, it could be like, Hey, can you go, I don't know, write this email for me. The idea of delegating anything is somewhat overwhelming to a photographer you're taking it to another level and hiring a you know somebody that can basically run your business if you're not there day to day yeah is there i mean this is kind of this is such a range really of um of the process of outsourcing and delegating just delegating one thing to hiring somebody full-time to work for you what do you recommend for somebody who has apprehension about handing over something it is that they're used to doing? They feel like, I mean, you mentioned being a perfectionist earlier. I know a lot of photographers feel similarly. They're like, nobody else can do this quite as good as me. What would your response be? What would your advice be in that case? Look at where your bottlenecks are, what's preventing you from getting a task done. And um, if you kind of start writing those down, you may 
find a theme. Like for me, it's like taxes, like anything my accountant asks for me, I, it takes me a really long time to get it to her. So that's like another thing I know I need to delegate to Jessica, like open up um, a form of communication. So Jessica can just get the stuff that she needs because she has access to basically everything I have mm -hmm. um, and can do it for me. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so, you know, and that could be what it is for you. It's like as creatives, it could be um, really hard for you to do the boring stuff. And a lot of times that's not stuff that needs to be done perfect. And if, the, if you also struggle with perfectionist tendencies, um, that's a really good thing to think about. Like, does this actually need to be done perfectly or mm. like, you know, where's or the just standard be done. on that? Yeah. A lot of things are just better done. <laughs> yeah. No, it's absolutely right. And we could just let that sit and be its own thing. But I, I, I want to get back to one thing and then we'll, we'll keep going. Uh, you touched on, you know, being able to delegate things that, Maybe you're not totally stoked on. Maybe you're not even good at. And Jill, mm -hmm. who runs our, our digital marketing for us at Photographers Edit and our various brands, produces the podcast. Um, she really highlighted something for me since she's come on board. And that is the significance of that team. And I think it's really important to remember that like, even if, it's, even if there's something that we enjoy doing, surrounding ourselves with really great people who are also good at that thing or maybe even ideally better at that thing than we are, so that we don't have to shoulder all of it ourselves, but we can collectively work together towards something is a really mm -hmm. wonderful concept. And, you know, you talked about Jessica, to have somebody like Jessica on your team who isn't just like, you're just kind of dumping tasks on, but Jessica, I can tell even just engaging with her for a few minutes that she is thinking proactively. And yeah. to have somebody that is thinking proactively for the sake of your brand as part of your team to get to work together with somebody like that is, is so beautiful. And so I have to give you props for that. And I think it's a really great representation of what we should all strive toward when it comes to our delegating um, work on our team. I think it's really, really great. Yeah, because you, you need the time to be able to um, really infuse yourself into your business and be creative. So if things like this are weighing down on you and you find that you can't be creative, um, find somebody else that doesn't mind doing things like that. And I also um, have a problem with like feeling like I'm a burden on people. So I have it's really difficult for me to ask for help mm. so that was really important to know that she doesn't hate to do what I'm asking <laughs> her to do and she's always yeah. like making me feel good about it you know yeah. um so that I don't feel bad like sending her um the stuff I can't get to uh, I totally feel you. I didn't mention, some people may know, but Jill's actually my girlfriend as well. And so but this was started like where we're mixing our personal and professional life and she's coming on board and I'm, I'm asking her to do this thing or that thing. And it, it really felt weird at first because I'm used to doing a lot of stuff on my own, number one. But then two, I, like you, I kind of felt bad saying, hey, can you do this for me instead? Uh, but yes. she, she's been so gracious and, and it's been, become such an important part of our, our team. And Jill or Tanya or Jessica or Dylan, I mean, our, the, the list goes on. Our team is such a, I just feel super lucky. And mm -hmm. so for our listeners out there who maybe have never experimented with delegating or outsourcing something, look for opportunities just to surround yourself with a, a really great person, maybe even part-time, a few hours a week that can help, help you collectively work together with you to build the brand that you're striving to build. I think that's really, really important. I know we could spend a lot of time there, but I want to jump to one more question. It's supposed to be rapid fire questions. I always end up spending a lot of time here, but uh, <laughs> what's the most impactful business book or self-help book that you've read that you would recommend to our listeners? All right. I have to grab it. 
I love this one. Show Your Work by Show your work. Austin yeah. Kleon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it was like probably blurry. You couldn't see it. <laughs> um, I mean, I read a lot of books and like in within that realm, I feel like a lot. Self-improvement, productivity, creativity, all of that. And this one is just recently my most favorite because it really puts an emphasis on action. And it's also like a nice short read and like... Ooh. Sorry, it's designed really well. You know, so there's some oh, pages cool. that are just like nothing. And I actually, when I read this book, I um, bought it immediately. So it was on my Kindle and read the entire thing that evening. But then still bought this just because I loved it so much so yeah. that I could it could hang around. But it's just the emphasis on thinking about what you're doing. So for us, photography as a practice and, um, you know, the importance of output over outcome, getting those images out, sharing your work to open up feedback loops so that you can find out what's like resonating with your art, with Mm -hmm. your um, audience, Mm -hmm. you know, and improve your work that way instead of holding like everything secretly and like it's this big, big project and then you're going to unleash it on the world and then nobody loves it. But if you'd built in public you know, um, little by little, once you have the idea and then, um, building from there with the input from the people that it's for, um, you can really kind of customize and build a much better thing for them and know that it's going to be successful. That's so, really um, interesting. Yeah. I can't remember if all of that's in there, but those are just all things that I've been thinking <laughs> about a lot. And he talks about the idea of seeness, which I just really love. Um, and that's, uh, something I think Brian Eno, um, made up. I think he made up the word, but it's just the importance of community and how important truly every single person in the community is. Mm -hmm. Because um, even if you feel like, I feel like this happens in my Facebook group a lot. People say they're so scared to post because everybody's so good. But, um, you know, the how good your work is isn't what makes you important to the collective and 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 also the idea that like nothing's um there's no artist that's just been touched by a muse that's thinking of all of these like creative ideas original creative ideas out of nowhere right like everybody's drawing inspiration from somewhere and so um i think that that is really encouraging for people that may think they're not creative or they don't have any good ideas or overwhelmed by the idea of needing to have good ideas (laughs) um and really embracing um that aspect of Mm -hmm. creativity that we're all helping each other and the better i am Mm the better I am to inspire you, the better you are, like the better the inspiration I'm kind of pulling from, right? Um, so when you think about ideas, it's kind of like belonging to all of us and we're all just proactively making them better and better and better. Sometimes it's my turn to make a really great image, you know, based on something and whatever. I don't know. I like that a lot. I like it a lot, actually. I'm really curious about the book. I may have to get it myself. I, I popped it up here on screen too earlier. I'll pull it back up. Show Your Work by Austin Kleon. And uh, of course, this is on Amazon. We'll link to that book in the show notes at bookapodcast.com. That's fascinating. I love the design uh, and the inside as well. And Oh, he's so great. I subscribe to his newsletter, yeah. so I get to hear from him every week. And um, he just, you know, it's just like living a creative life. And he's mm. a dad, so he'll even talk about um, different creative things he does with his kids. He has like this swimming pool book he can write in, and they'll make like little comic books together. And you know, it just, I, I, I always think it's important to think holistically as well, you know, how to um, stay inspired and creative in your 
day-to-day life as well. Yeah, for sure. Well, and uh, Don apparently agrees. She says, Don, Don says, love that. And thanks, Don, for listening in. And for everybody else who's listening and watching too, please don't be shy. I know not everybody's commenting and asking questions. I want you to engage in the conversation. We're about to dive in deep uh, into this conversation that uh, Twyla is here for. We're going to actually be talking about how to get out of your own way and grow your business. We'll get to that in just a second. I've got one more question for you, though, Twyla, before we go there. And speaking of getting out of our own way, talk to me a little bit about this when it comes to the creativity. We talked about your work earlier, and like truly, I'm, I'm inspired by looking at it. It's just, it's beautiful. And I, it's not one of those, like sometimes you come across accounts where you're like, oh, that's, that's kind of nice, but then you quickly move on to something else. I want to keep scrolling. Like your work is just beautiful. <laughs> but I'm curious, though, like what is it? I mean, for me, for example, I mentioned I'm not so much the creative. Like, how is it that we can be more creative? Or what are a few ways that we can get out of our own way, think outside the box more effectively the way that you're doing with your work? Well, I think the first thing is to really just kind of acknowledge that you are the boss and your business is going to be whatever it is that you want it to be. Like, you made it. So if you're, like, miserable, suffering, and hate everything you're doing right now, it's your fault, you know? Mm. I love that. <laughs> but I sometimes, love that but sometimes, you, sometimes you don't notice that it happens. Mm. Sometimes mm. we let things happen to us, like, and sometimes a whole lifetime happens to you. And you didn't even choose any of it. You know what I mean? So it's really important to acknowledge that you get to choose and you get to work towards the path that you, you know, really would like to take. I love it. Um, yeah. And and then also, I think it's also important to think of it as a business instead of, um, you know, taking photos for people, because that's a creative part. Like, that's a thing that we can do um, anytime and don't have to exchange money for it. So if that's the part that you love and you really, really hate the business part, or you really hate tying your creativity to a dollar amount, then stop. You know, you can make, there are tons of ways to make money. I mean, a million ways to make money. And um, you can make money doing something else that you enjoy more, spending mm-hmm. your time thinking about things and strategies or whatever, um, and something that excites you a little bit more. So there's no reason, you know, to just kind of like make yourself miserable like that. And I think a lot of creatives don't really think about it that way. They they go all in like and do everything. They're the accountant. They are the... Um, what else is there? I don't know. Bookkeeper. Um, they have to call all of their images. They have to do all the correspondence. They have to do all of the marketing. And no other business does that. You know, like a restaurant doesn't open up and the owner is like taking your money, sitting you down, cooking your food, bringing you your food, you know. Yeah. Um, so finding other people that are really good at other things is going to make you even better because then you don't have to be good at everything. That's really good. Okay. So in case you saw me looking down, I'm, I'm taking notes here. So own it you have the choice to make your business what you want to. I think that's great. I have on this, my right wrist, if you can see it, that's the Japanese uh, word for choice, sentaku. And I, I realized, and it fortunately it took about 30 years, maybe a little bit more to, to realize, but I realized a few years back, I'm like, I have the, I have the ability to make a choice for myself. And, and that, that holds true in really any area of my life. And it, like the moment that you truly own that, your life automatically gets better because your perspective gets better right? It's not mm-hmm. this thing yeah. or this person happened to me. 
it's this thing happened and now I get to choose how to respond to that. Or I want mm-hmm. to feel this particular way. I know that if I do these things, you know, I want to feel better. For example, I know if I go to the gym and I get good sleep and I eat good, I'm going to feel better. These are very simple, logical choices that we have the ability to make. But many times, like you said, we kind of almost like forego that responsibility. So just taking ownership yeah. is so huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, it's, it's really easy to just feel sorry for yourself, like poor me, my circumstances, but you're the only one that can save yourself from it. You know, you're the one to, to make a decision to take the, everything is just one tiny little step, you know? Mm -hmm. So you just take one tiny step Mm -hmm. that direction. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know, man, you've brought up so many great points. I keep wanting to follow these rabbit trails (laughs) because even just that idea of taking steps is also something even more recently that I realized like taking on a whole project in my mind or literally instead of breaking it down into small steps and just being okay with the process, doing one small step at a time. Yes. Oh man, it's debilitating when we take the big idea or the big project on when we do one step at a time and we can check that off our list and then go to the next day and do the same thing again. It's so much Mm -hmm. more sustainable. I love that. Oh no. Cause I'm bad about that. Like (laughs) I will, you know, need to get into a client session, but I need to go all in, right? When I'm doing anything. So that means I'm going to wake up and start calling and editing and do it until the whole thing is done. Whereas if I had just spent one hour every single day, you know, just like calling, I, I, I call for one hour every day, you know, for all, everything know that I've company, taken. Twyla. This really awesome company that'll do your oh, you're getting you. everything. Jessica's been calling for me lately, but like, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, you know, so just doing a little bit every day and then it's not such yeah. an overwhelming task 100%. or not like an, nobody wants to call for an hour, call for like 15 minutes and the progress mm-hmm. you make at the end of the week, mm-hmm. whereas you were just avoiding it, you know, 15 minutes is easy. So sometimes chunking things up like that is really helpful. Too. I'm Yeah, I'm so bad about putting off something that I don't enjoy doing. And, you know, to your earlier point, delegation, let go there that's that's the first choice but then there are a few things that we still have to take responsibilities for that may not be our favorite thing to do like for me even just like compiling information for my accountant like dragging Mm -hmm. my feet because it's just i I don't want to do the thing but the reality is one it most of the time it doesn't even take that much time and i'm making a way bigger deal of it than i than i should have uh Mm -hmm. but at, at the end of the day you just make the choice you do a little bit at a time on the go instead of waiting to the last minute until the end of the quarter the end of the year and it's super easy to do. So yeah, small well, steps. And it's, it's all about accepting the fact that this is something that has to be done for the rest of your life, like the dishes, right? You, you, you should do them every day so that you always have clean dishes and you will feel better if you have clean dishes. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, it's, again, designing that ideal day. And like, this is the time that I do dishes, and again, because we thought about it and we know for it, we plan it and we're planning, we, we're going to do it. We've committed to doing it. Um, you can make it like the best time you could possibly have doing your dishes, you know? <laughs> well, and then the other point, and I wrote this down, stop tying money to the creative process. And that's really interesting. And I know we could do a whole podcast episode just on this topic too, but there are different creative ways that we can do work and then also be creative, creative, creative ways and then creative. But there are ways we can work, make money and also be creative. And they don't necessarily have to be one and the same. And for the the sake of photographers, I I mean, would you recommend to a photographer doing, even if it's just on the side, something creative with their camera while then simultaneously shooting to, to make money? Does that, or does that kind of kill the creative process in your mind? Absolutely. I mean, it's kind of, it just depends on what brings you the most 
pleasure, but also is like um, sustaining the lifestyle that you want to live. Um, and I, I, I like to think about things um, from that perspective too, like just making it enjoyable instead of making weird rules. Like some people are like, I won't friend a client on Facebook, whereas we want to, I try to get them over early or days before and have dinner. Like we want to make you dinner and we're going to have drinks together and, you know, just hang out, get to know each other. I do that so we can do styling or whatever so they can pick out their clothes. But since they're coming over anyway, I thought about it. I'm like, I enjoy people and meeting new people. And, um, you know, this is something I would like to have a part of my life, like having dinner parties with like new and interesting people all the time. Um, so this is like the perfect way to do a thing like that. I don't know if that's weird or not. Not but, at all. Um, <laughs> you know, so there's a lot of things that you can do that just, um, can improve your life based around the things that you have to do anyway. Well, I, I want to kind of transition. We're gonna we talked about the creative process a little bit, how we can maybe get on our own way there. But let's talk about the business side of things. And I'm before you share some of the big ideas behind how photographers can get out of their own way when it comes to building a stronger business. I'm I'm curious if you have a strong background in business too. Like when it comes to numbers, thinking like an entrepreneur, like a business owner, is that something that you had to learn, or did it kind of come natural for you? Um, I guess, I guess I just like something clicked one day. I don't know. Um, I, yeah, like I was working in the pathology lab. I'd never taken any business classes or anything like that. But I think it, when you come from a place of like wanting to do what you love and also like make people happy, <laughs> um, I think some of that stuff comes together really nicely, you know, and I, the more I learned about business, I do just really enjoy thinking about like strategy and things like that, but, but kind of more from like a psychology perspective and how our brains work and how people perceive stuff. So I'm always analyzing, um, any content I'm consuming, um, down to like the ads that are being shown to me and kind of thinking about them probably from like a, a reverse kind of process and how can I apply this to mm -hmm. what I do, you know? Well, when it comes to building a business, a lot of times, and I know I've been guilty of this, uh, we talk about this idea of getting our own way. It, it, there are various, I guess, internal conflicts at really our own kind of lizard brain that's just constantly talking internally that mm -hmm. gets in the way of us being productive and ultimately growing uh, a business effectively. We may be able to do a little bit here and there, but a lot of times I think we're minimizing our potential. Are there certain behaviors um, that, that you think are getting in the photographer's way or keeping them from effectively building a business that, that you can maybe help us with today? Yeah. And I mean, like I continually need help with these things myself, but <laughs> fair, I acknowledge fair. them. Right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. that's the first step. Mm -hmm, <laughs> but, um, one, one for sure is playing it safe, um, to avoid like failure. Um, and also for the sake of consistency. So continuing to shoot something the same way you've always done it, even though you don't really like it, it doesn't excite you or inspire you, whatever. And you have other ideas, but you're afraid nobody will like them or, you know, all of that. And I, there, I have a really great example for that. So um, in 1923, Babe Ruth broke three records, most home runs in a season, highest batting average, and most strikeouts in one season. Um, in his career, he hit 714 home runs and struck out 1,330 mm. times. Mm -hmm. 
that record-breaking success is only possible because of a record-breaking failure, you know? You can't, you would never, like, get that many home runs if you didn't swing the bat that many times, you know? So yeah. so really kind of getting over that, thinking of this as a project, thinking of this as a, an experiment, Instagram, social media, all of that, that's the proper way to use it. Put these ideas out there, put this stuff out there to create feedback loops and see how it's received instead of, again, you know, just like keeping it all to yourself or never even taking action at all because you're afraid. Like, just do it and find out and you will find your people. Like, I do have to say, (laughs) I, I enjoy TikTok and one of the best things about it is just finding out that there are people that think the same way that you do and have the same struggles. Like no Mm -hmm. matter how niche you feel like that is, Mm -hmm. um, that, that was really empowering to me to find other people that are, you know, just sort of dealing with some of the same kinds of things that can make you feel really lonely. Yeah. Well, and so when we, when we feel alone, there's a lot less chance. I mean, I know personally, like if I'm, if I'm in a bad spot in my personal relationships and in my life, those close relationships to me, I'm probably Mm -hmm. less likely to perform well in other places. Creating a Mm -hmm. stable baseline in our personal relationships is is super helpful. And it enables that feeling of safety like you were talking about. I wrote down playing it safe. So this is one of the kind of the roadblocks, if you will, to potentially to photographer's success. Playing it safe. And in parentheses, I just wrote to avoid failure or for the sake of consistency. That, That latter one is kind of funny because... I strive to be consistent in a variety of areas of my life. And I also admittedly tend to like go into autopilot with some things or put things in autopilot because yeah, it produces consistency. It's also super efficient that way. What would you say is the best way to just like to, to break that pattern outside of, I mean, you, you said it earlier, just do it. I mean, is, is there like, is, is there something that will help push us over the edge to just do it? Just do it. Um, make it super easy for yourself to do it. Mm. So, like me with all my weird lights around my house, like that—that that serves so many purposes. One, I just like, uh, you know, feel really happy when I walk through my house. But also makes it super easy to just shoot someone. So I had a family come over for a shoot a couple weeks ago, and I just, you know, I just shot them there, and it was easy because everything was just already set up, and and it's, um, you know, in an inspiring way to kind of be, I guess. Um, but you know, even if it's, um, going to the gym or something, um, and I think this is, I, I've listened to the first part of Atomic Habits, but I think that this is where it comes from. Um, if you want to start going to the gym, um, make sure there are no obstacles for you if this is something that you struggle with. So in the morning, like your clothes, or maybe you just sleep in your clothes, you know, um, but also building those habits really in, in like a really small way. So maybe you don't even go to the gym for the first week. You just practice waking up at the time you would want to go and putting those clothes on, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that can be a really huge thing. And then also it's, it's stupid stuff, but it just like having a charging station. So my batteries, I know are always charged and I yeah. always have enough S cards you know sometimes it's technical things like that that end up getting in your way and then you know stars align for that one moment that that could have happened and now you're going to put it off forever because like a technical difficulty you know um so yeah just making it as easy as possible for you to pursue the thing that you know you really want to do i love that i mean that speaks for itself and that's super powerful um, okay, so playing it safe. Is there another roadblock that you see hitting photographers or photographers running into when it comes to being able to build or grow their business? 
Yeah, um, comparison I think is mm. really huge. Um, so really trying to ignore like all of that kind of noise that you're not as good as you know somebody else or um, what most people are doing and and to really be grateful for what it is that you do have so that you can harness the drive to get like what you really really want or get to Mm. be where you want to be Um, and I think that a really great way to do that and like the best way because this again we talked earlier like it's hard to know what you want sometimes asking yourself why three times um why you want something to figure out what it is that you really really want or how you Mm. could have it now so for example one of mine is I would um like to own a house right on the beach like the ocean right um but why do i want that because i want to wake up every day and watch the sunrise and i want to be able to like watch the sky all the time and just pop out anytime i want to like i'm inspired to take a photo there right Mm -hmm. um and then and why do i want that because of like how amazing it makes me feel to be under like a really you know dramatic stormy sky or whatever and i feel like that's the safest way to be in one when you have a house to run right into (laughs) and i just love the way like watching the sunrise over the ocean makes me feel so when i think about things like that if that's what i truly want like like that designs my very best day it takes me five minutes to drive to the beach like i can get up and just pretend i have a very very long driveway and go watch the sun rise every day, you know? Mm. Um, and then I kind of like with the wanting to pop out to the sky, like truly I really could, or I can, I've also sort of made it so that I can photograph really dramatic things all the time by setting up the different lights. And, and, and I'm even thinking about that as, as we're kind of thinking about redesigning our backyard or just improving it or whatever. I'm thinking about it from that perspective of making little vignettes and moments and stuff all over the place. I, I think this is I, this is such a really cool concept. Like, I, and, and actually, Don, who who commented earlier, Don said such a great way to get to the root of your why. Asking why three times because it would be easy if if you just stop with the one why to make a like kind of a lame. Yeah. Excuse. So I have to make no. I'm like I have to make a million dollars so I can go ahead and buy myself on the beach, or I could save a million dollars and I could just drive down my long driveway every morning (laughs) (laughs) and have the same experience because that's what it's truly about the experience Mm. of your life like the way that you're living your life and Mm. you know how satisfied and just i don't know (laughs) alive inspired whatever you can feel uh you know most of the time well that's that's so to wake up with an experience like that every day is amazing oh incredible but it's the experience drives a feeling so really if we're going to go like to the, the root of it, we're talking about a feeling. We want to feel a certain way. And we're saying we mm-hmm. can feel a certain way by having these various experiences. But continuing to ask why helps us get to the root of it and maybe answer, come up with an answer even easier than we would have thought in the first place. Well, and when I think I have to have a million dollars, I've got to work really hard to make a million dollars, right? Or if I'm satisfied with this experience, then I don't have to trade my time for money. Um, mm. To have that experience. Mm. So if, and especially if right now you're not enjoying like how you're trading your time for money, um, then that's, you know, there's lots of ways to make more money, but one way is to spend less money or like need more things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, finding a way to be like satisfied with the things that you have while also knowing what you want and what it's going to take 
to get what it's going to require of you. Uh, because, you know, like you can always get more money, but you will never get any more time back. Um, and that is really, really important to acknowledge, I think, often because that's a really easy trap to fall into. And even just feeling not good enough because you're not making enough money or whatever. Yeah, well, a lot I of things tied to that. It, it is. And I was going to bring us back around to that because you talked about comparison. So this is the second so-called roadblock, the thing that's kind of getting in the way of photographers being as successful as they could be. Uh, but really to effectively avoid the comparison game, you have to be clear about what it is that you even want to your, to your point. Yeah. And yeah, what do you I, want? And to, to do so effectively, ask those three questions or ask why three times. I, this is really cool. I love this. I, and I'm so fascinated, mm-hmm. Twyla, by how artistic you are and yet how super practical you are. What we see a lot of times in our industry is, and again, I've been guilty of the same, is like super emotive individuals who are super creative and artistic, but then the practical side kind of gets set aside and, and, and they suffer as a result. I love that yeah. you are able to do both. And I think it's a wonderful example for, for those listening in and for our industry in general. But I think you have a third kind of roadblock to address here. What is that one? Um, oh, yeah. Imposter syndrome. Okay. Talk about <laughs> um, that. And I mean, it's a really great place to be if you're feeling that because it means that you're out of your comfort zone. Like you're doing exactly what you should be doing. You're pushing yourself to get better at something. You can't be the best like the first time that you try. Sometimes that happens, but um, it's really discouraging to try a new thing. It sucks and then never pick it up again. Um, So it's really kind of, again, thinking of these things as a practice and the importance of the output over the outcome. If you just keep doing it, you will get better. But if you're so focused on the outcome that this photo didn't get you know, very many likes or whatever, even though it's the thing that you want to be doing, um, so you stop doing it. But truly what happened is social media is based on algorithms, so it didn't find the people it was meant for yet, Mm. you know? Mm -hmm. So if you just keep practicing, and especially if it's a newer idea, people need to see something, Mm -hmm. you know, and let it become familiar to them before they can appreciate it sometimes. So sometimes that's what it is. So um, it's, it's just really important for creativity to be out of your comfort zone and kind of like always pushing against that wall. And, um, but, and, and that's how like one hit wonders are born too. You know, they do something amazing. Everybody loves it. And then they, um, you know, nothing else like lives up to that. So they just go away. They, they stop being a musician or Mm. whatever, you Mm. know, you just got to keep showing up and doing, but I'm curious about this imposter syndrome because I hear a little bit about it here and there. What do you think is at the root of that psychologically? I mean, I, I, it, I, as I understand it anyway, at least part of the feeling underlying that imposter syndrome is I don't deserve to be at this place or to have accomplished this thing. But what do you think is, it, is behind that for photographers? Um, I, I, it seems like it's like a, a tying your worth to um, your, your outcome, to your art. Mm. And especially as you're trying to develop it and develop your eye, tying your work to that and assuming Mm. people are going to like you or not like you because an image was good or bad. Mm. And it's based, it's because it's, they're literally called likes. Like this is how many people liked it, you know? Um, But it doesn't mean people dislike you because they're the absence of the likes, right? (laughs) Right. It just didn't resonate or it wasn't fed to them through an algorithm, you know? 
or maybe we're just projecting our insecurity on them as well. But yeah. I don't know, like it, it, this idea that we that, that we don't deserve to be in a place. Um, do you think? I don't. Is there any other psychology behind that, it, that that's driving that? Like, it's is it something that we get as kids. Is it something that we experience because of twenty twenty one digital culture? What do you think is is driving that? Um. For creatives with imposter syndrome, um, I, I I just think it's like social media, and, and again, tying okay. like so much importance to outcome instead of like output. Again, like just just release it, like just get it out into the world mm. so that like these ideas can develop and things instead of um, instead of being so tied up in the worth, like yeah. That makes sense. And actually, I have one other I have one other question about that, especially again, I I see you as such an artist type and and yet you're so practically a business person, too. But I'm I'm wondering, like you hear a lot of people talk about how like this, their work is, quote unquote, their soul or their editing style is their soul. And and especially when it comes to outsourcing editing, that becomes a very big point of contention for them internally. They're like, I don't this is me. This is a reflection of me and my soul. Mm -hmm. And the idea that I get this up all that to say, I'm, I'm wondering the weight to which photographers are giving their work and as you said tying it to their identity why do you, i don't know what's what's at the root of that behavior number one and two what's a more healthy kind of balanced way to to handle that um i you know i think a little bit even ends up getting tied to the amount of time you're putting into something so if you have a photographer that's spending you know their life in front of a computer editing they may feel that way about it because Mm -hmm. you know they're holding on to trying to justify this what they're giving up Mm -hmm. while they're editing the things that they could be doing interesting and so finding an identity in that truly and then the thing is too i think when you edit a session and these are the images with the edit this is the best like it could ever look right i edited this but Truly, <laughs> if you gave it to another artist and it belonged to them or something and you just saw it on social media with a completely different edit, you could fall in love with that too. So it really is like placing more significance for the image on like what is expressed in the image more so than what colors things are, you know? Mm-hmm. And of course, you want to direct your eye towards like what you want the viewer to look at, you sure. know, storytelling and all of that. But um, I do think that we think it's more important than it really is. And I say that as a person that teaches an editing course, <laughs> but um, <laughs> but it's true, you know? Yeah, yeah the example that I always give um, is... I don't know if the camera can, let's see if we can get the camera or get this in the background. There's a refrigerator in back of me here, oh, pointing the wrong direction. Right I back see here. it. Yeah, so mm-hmm. there's some snapshots on the refrigerator uh, from images, uh, little prints, images that I think I shot on pretty much all on, on the phone over the years. And they're not perfectly color corrected, a little mm-hmm. blurry, they're not mm-hmm. framed perfectly, but they're the important people in my life. And that's why it matters to me. And as not only a professional photographer of a decade, but also an editing company owner, the last thing I'm doing is analyzing how those things have been color corrected or framed. I I couldn't care less. Those are the important people and moments in my life. And that's what matters to me. And so I just find that fascinating because I think we, as you pointed out, photographers do put so much weight on sometimes things that to our clients who at the end of the day, they're the ones that are paying the bills for us. They're the ones that we should be serving and focused on. 
they don't pay attention to some of these these issues that we make such a big deal about. And as a result, we get in our own way, you know, to your point. Um, yeah. learning, learning the difference between what actually matters to the client and what we're making important for ourselves, I think is super important. Mm-hmm. And that that's so true for me because I am an overshooter, which then, and, and I overdeliver, so I always have way too much work on my plate. Mm. Um, and acknowledging that it doesn't matter is especially the amount of time I'm putting into it. So it's really important to track your time. I keep like a a captain's log every day and I can write the time and what I'm doing. And I just kind of check in throughout the day and write what I've been doing or what I'm going to be doing. It's really effective because I spend a crazy amount of time on things that don't matter. And so when you can really start to um, see that, well, one, like it's really clear what you should be outsourcing to mm-hmm. instead of like spending all this time learning that, but also editing. And, and you know what I would rather do? Like not be in front of a computer and spend more time mm-hmm. collaborating with people. I love the creative process and working with people. So that's why I'm sort of shifting how I'm going about my sessions and working with my clients and, um, and spending more intentional time being intentional about the frames that I'm taking, the photos that I'm taking. Um, and then I have less to go through and less to edit, you know? And I kind of already know what it's going to look like because I was so intentional about literally everything, the lights and all of that. Instead of showing up to the beach for sunset, you know, being surprised by the lighting, but working with it or whatever, um, I think that this is going to be a really fun way to do that. So some people maybe do love like sitting in front of the computer all day, but think about if you really, really, really do love doing that or if there might be something else that you would like to do more. And it's going to positively affect your work when you're spending time doing things that enrich your life and inspire you, I think. So you make new, better work instead of editing and looking at the work you already made. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I will leave it at that. You, you've given just such wonderful. I mean, I, I'm so inspired by you as an artist, as a photographer, and now you up the ante for me, like all this wonderful practical wisdom that you shared. And this has been wonderful content for our listeners as well. I'm going to go ahead and, and put up your Instagram up here in the corner, something rad, and then your website, emotionalstorytelling.com. And it's, is there, do you want to share just briefly how photographers can learn more about some of the education that you're offering the community as well? Um, yeah, you can, um, sign up for my newsletter that should be on the website somewhere, (laughs) but, um, I'm, I'm starting a new club really soon that I'm excited about that is kind of based on a lot of these ideas to, um, help you get things done and get out of your way. Cause I think, I know for me, I need accountability and support and things like co-working work really well for me. So, um, so yeah, get on the newsletter and then, um, you can be in my club. <laughs> I love it. You can be in my club. Yes. <laughs> Sign me up too. Okay. Well, we're going to link to that in the show notes, emotionalstorytelling.com. Again, brilliant URL. How in the world you got that? It's just awesome. And then something rad on Instagram. And of course, I posted those here um, on the live stream. For those of you who are listening to the audio, come hang out with us in the live stream in the future. YouTube.com slash Boca Podcast. Facebook.com slash Boca Podcast. Twyla, thank you so much for doing this again. This, is, this has been absolutely wonderful. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. I had such a good time. I need more people to talk to. <laughs> Let's do it again. Let's do it again. We'll, yeah. we'll figure it out. Okay. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody, for listening in. Talk to you soon.